Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Can I just tell you, vacation is a little different when you go with other people. I hope they're not going to watch, but it's okay. (laughs) We are so used to going on vacation by ourselves that it's like, hey, the beach police has you on the beach at 9 o'clock. 830 if she has her really, really her way. And, you know, you come off that thing about 330 and she's griping at me if I take a nap. But, But here's the other thing. We go to bed most of the time. We're very boring. We go to, we're in bed on vacation usually around 8, 30, 9 o'clock, sometimes before that. Well, we went with other people, and they had other ideas about what time you actually get to the beach. That lasted about two days, and we went and did our own thing. But, you know, also, they had a problem with me. They tried to teach me a new game. This game stunk. And they cheated the whole time we played the game because I didn't know how to play. Is Dirty Uno, y'all play that one? Spicy Uno, woo, spicy. Uh, Anyway, not that spicy. Get your heads out of the gutter. But, I mean, they tried to teach me this game and then they cheated, but they don't understand. After nine o'clock, I want to go to bed. I'm boring, that's right. But let me tell you what they didn't understand and what I tried to do and she kept me from doing it I wanted to do a rooster call around 6.30 in the morning when I get up out of bed because they were sleeping until 9 and 9.30. I was like, you know, I said, okay, a -a cock-a-doodle-doo, everybody get up out of bed. She's like, you can't do that. Bubba's trying to sleep. I said, well, they're going to get on me for not wanting to stay up late. I'm getting them up early. But we had a good time. We got to spend time with the kids on vacation, and we also got to spend time with Bubba. His real name is Cade, if you don't know that, but I call him Bubba. I call all little babies if they're boys Bubba for some reason, so must be the country inside of me. But God kind of changed. I had a message kind of prepared for what this was supposed to be, and God kind of, on Sunday before we left, kind of changed it just a little bit. And sometimes he does that, and sometimes he laughs. He says, I'm about to change what you had planned on doing. This is what I'm going to do. Well, it messed up my prep time. I mean, literally, we were on, she had me up early that Monday morning because we had to leave the next day. And Tuesday, I'm trying to, oh, you can do it in the car. No, I can't because you're doing 120 miles an hour hollering at everybody. In the name of Jesus. Listen, I will say this. I, hey, I got a little extra time this morning. I will say this. She drove almost the whole way home. I loved it. It was awesome because I had a hurt neck. But she didn't really... Cuss it. No, I'm not kidding. She didn't really get on anybody too bad this time. Usually it's like, where did you learn how to drive? Why do you have a license? Truck drivers? Let me tell you what, she hates all truck drivers. No, they're too slow. But it was good. My prep time got messed up with the traveling, but I'm just praying today that everything will come out the way God wants it to come out. And I did get, a, uh, get, did get some information from having Bubba on the beach. The title of this message is Beach Lessons from Bubba. Number one, sandcastles are not strong towers. 
You see people forming sandcastles and they're painstakingly, they're, they're trying to fix them just the right way. You're doing it just right. You're adding just enough water to make it look the way it holds. And, and building in the sand is so much easier. As Cain would build, painstakingly build all of these sandcastles, he walked around to every single one on went, stop, stop. He didn't have any idea. He didn't want to build anything, but he wanted to tear it all down. Can I tell you, the enemy is always trying to crush what you try to plan on yourself. He's always trying to crush your plans, your desires, your dreams. And there's nothing wrong with all of those things. But if you try to do it in your own and on your own, it's going to be a hard time to build. We must allow God to be the master architect of our lives. Why? Because Psalms 127 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city guarding it, its centuries will do no good. We must build on the strong foundation and that strong foundation is the rock of Jesus Christ. You know why we have to build on the rock? Because why the storms are coming. When you're driving down Daytona, you can actually drive on the beach down there and you can see the devastation of what that, the hurricane didn't really hit it directly. It came in on the backside of it, but I mean, it tore that beach up. There was uh, whole hotels where there, everything was sitting out there, crashed down, walls falling down, and they ran us off the beach a couple of times trying to, because they were trying to build the thing back. We were driving and I saw what looked like something on four legs. I didn't know what, it was the swimming pool of one of the things. There was nothing around this thing but the swimming pool and the four uh, posts that were holding it down. And I thought that thing must have been built on a strong foundation, but it did. It reminded me of this passage in Matthew 7. It says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, it will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. No matter how good you build it, no matter what it looks like, if you build on the sand, it's ultimately going to fall. Why? Because it doesn't have a foundation. It's not sturdy. It's not sure, and it's not steady. And a lot of times, there's not even a foundation existing. If you build your Christian life on this foundation of how much you go to church, how much you pray, how much you read, how much you give, those are all good things, but that is not the true foundation. of. That's not what you can build your life on. These are good, but they can also be surface. Remember the Pharisees? Oh, yeah, they had, a, they had it all going on on the surface, but Jesus said to them, yeah, the outside of your cup is clean, but the inside of your cup is full of corruption. They knew all the scriptures. They tithed. They did everything they were supposed to do. They had head knowledge, but they had no heart knowledge. We don't even work on our foundation enough. Why? Why don't we work on it? Well, I've got a lot of whys in here. Because the foundation is not visible. The foundation is not beautiful. It's not pretty. And it's not highlighted. You know what? We see the trim around the house. We see the siding. We see the brick. We see all the, the great kitchens inside. But we don't ever look at the foundation of what it's firmly sitting on. But the foundation is so, so important because you have to go deep to get strong. I'm strong. That's another Bubba thing right there. 
It's what's under the surface that's what's going to hold you up and keep your structure firm. Sometimes you've got to go deeper to get taller. Why do we need a strong and steady uh, foundation? Sure, because the weather will change. If you go to Florida, don't get discouraged about the weather because it's going to change. It's kind of like Kentucky just a little bit. But when you go on, you start reading, you're like, okay, our week, we got a week on the beach. Oh, it's going to rain 50% of the time. It could be at the nighttime. Or it can rain for an hour, you know? So sometimes you have to understand that the storms and the weather is going to change. But in Matthew 7, 24, it says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and it beat on that house, but it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. And I'm just telling you one thing. I don't care who you are in this place today, whether you've been serving God a day or you've been serving God 100 years. I don't know if you got any 100 years left. Anyway, storms are going to hit us all, wise or foolish. Look what Matthew 5 says. And you may be the sons of your father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And the, and the rain, he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Both of these houses I just explained to you experience the same storm. But living for God, and listen, living for God doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're never going to have a storm. It doesn't ever mean that you're not going to have bad weather. Because you know what? Life happens, right? Circumstances happen and situations come and there's tragedy, tragedy that comes. We have to learn to be built on the rock. Trials and testing, what they can do is they can do a few things. It says you can make us run, they can take us backwards, or they can make us fall. Why do we need a strong foundation? Because Matthew says the rains descended and the winds blew and it beat on that house. And it fell and great, it doesn't say just it fell, and it says great was its fall. Because what happens is, is if you fall, they fall. You crumble, they crumble. You cave in, they cave in. They're watching every, it's a domino effect of people watching you in your family. The floods could be greater, the fall could be greater than you think, and your, fr your friends, family, I'm gonna slow down a minute. Your friends, your family, people are watching what you're doing. In this story, the house represents our life. In this story, the rock represents Jesus. And wise people build on the rock. What makes your foundation strong? You might ask if you ask that question. I'm telling you. Your beliefs is what makes the, uh, the foundation strong. What are your beliefs? They're accepted as true and real. They are the things that you stand on each and every day. Listen, the word of God is what we need to stand on. It is our firm foundation. It is the rock that we can go back to each and every time. We don't know the answers to it. And I'm going to tell you, we live in a world full of untruth. We live in a world with shaking and going every which direction. And right now, it's the only constant that we have right now is the word of God. Your values is what makes your foundation strong. Your principles and standards of behavior or what's important to you. We live in a world where our values are just, oh, Lord Jesus. Help us, God. Exactly right. We don't know what's up and what's down, what's in and out. Our kids are being, oh, man, our kids are being taught, being taught things that, my goodness, where did they come up with that stuff at? We have to stand on the word of God, and we have to live out our values of everything that we do in God. 
Number three is choices and decisions you make. Those are the ones that get us in trouble all the time. The choices we make can affect your building ability, either good or bad. The choices you've made may have cost you some relationships. They may have cost you some time. They may have cost you some money, some finances. But I got news for you today and good news today. Today is a new day. Come on, so many, so many of us are living today and we're living back there. God says every day, he said his mercies are renewed each and every day. You don't gotta keep getting up the same way you got up every morning. It's a new day. Jesus, our rock and our foundation, made the choice to cancel out all, oh, listen to this, to cancel out all of your bad choices. His one good choice canceled out everything that you've done in your life and covered you. He paid the price to rebuild your lives on a firm foundation. <sighs> Let's make our foundation strong and firm and solid. Number two, shadows can be good or bad. Cade likes to say that. It's so funny you can get him going and say, are you good or are you bad? Most of the time when you go bad, you go, bad. <laughs> but shadows can be good or bad. It was so fun watching him chase his shadow. I mean, he would get out there and literally, once he figured out what it was, and he would start chasing, he'd be looking down, wasn't watching where he was going. He did that for probably a half an hour or more, chasing his shadow. But sometimes he wasn't paying attention. And there's cars that are going up and down the beach there. So we had to watch him. Each and every time we had to turn around, we had to watch him because he wasn't paying attention. So many times in life, we, we, we spend our time ch chasing shadows. We, so many times we spend our life going after the shadows that we don't pay attention to where we are going to. We had to pick him up a few times because he got sand and he, and he, he hurt himself a couple of times because he wasn't paying attention to where he was going. And lots of people have a hard time living in the shadow of someone else. You try to live in the shadow of your mom, in the shadow of your dad. You try to live in your, maybe your big brother did so many big things and you're trying to walk in his shadow and you feel like you're, you feel like you can never be who he could be. We spend a lot of times chasing after social statuses and, and chasing shadows that we shouldn't be chasing. The enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to try to always keep you in the shadow of your shame. He wants to keep you in the shadow of your guilt. And he also wants to keep you in the shadow of your regret. So many people live in regret. Man, I would have, wish I could have, would have, should have. He wants to keep you living in that shadow. But listen what God does. God says this. God calls us to live in his shadow. Psalms 91 says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Thank you, girl, preaching on. We'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. alone. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him. Come on. If you don't have an umbrella at the beach, you're going to get burned. Do I have any fair complected people? Never mind. I don't mind. You, you go out, I think uh, uh, Pastor Isaiah said this right here, he thinks about the sun and he gets a sunburn, right? So, I mean, me, I get out there, I have learned a long time ago that a hat and an umbrella is your best defense on a bald head. Because if his head gets burnt, 
it's all over for the rest of the week. Believe you me, I've done it. So I don't wear sunscreen a lot, but now that my lovely wife, hey, in the last few years, I've come to know Jesus and you, and, <laughs> and I wear sunscreen a lot. But the umbrella keeps us from getting a sunburn. Do you know what God does? God protects us from sunburn. We live in this world, we live in this world, you're exposed to the things of this world, and without the protection, you will get burned, I promise you. He puts his arms and he shelters you against all that. We all have some kind of sunburn in our life. Trey, you got a little tan going on. You're looking good over here, brother. Almost not as good as me, but that's okay. <laughs> I see you looking at my legs, girl. We all have our sunburn. We all have something that we carry with us. What sunburn in your life do you carry with you? Is it past trauma? Is it hurt? Is it the mistakes that you've made? Let me tell you what he does. He protects us all from the sunburn of the world, and he is our shade. He shades you when everything comes. When the, heat, the heat's going to come. It's going to be hot. But he shades, he shades you from the sun, the elements. He always covers us. God always provides shades when... And it, God always provides shades. Shade for the hardships of life. You can tell I've been on vacation. I still have vacation brain. But listen, instead of always being in the shadow or living in the shadow, we need to learn how to be a reflection. Come on, we live in the shadow. We go chasing shadows, but God called us to be a reflection. A reflection of who? A reflection of Jesus in this lost and dying dark world. Number three, always look up. So we were on the beach, and I would try to get Bubba to look at the airplanes, and he's just like, so I did this little thing. I was like, airplane, and he started toward the end of the week going, airplane, and it was the cutest thing ever, and now he does it all the time. Lessons, beach lessons from Bubba. But he couldn't see the plane. When they would start coming, they would be carrying the advertisement. He couldn't see it. We'd be trying to tell him and point to it. And he'd be looking here and down and over. And he didn't have any idea where it was at. But he didn't have a, Finally, after Pastor Mindy led him and showed him what to look at, he knew that it was up in the air. Don't we have a tendency to do that? Don't we have a tendency to look down all the time? Don't we have a tendency to have our head in the sand and, and look around us all the way around at the circumstances or the situations that are in our lives and the obstacles that are coming against us? We don't really look, we often look down or around, but we have a hard time looking up. We say to ourselves, I can't change. I don't see how I could change. I was born this way. And we look at things to give us the answers that we're looking for. We look for money. We look for notoriety. We look for fame. We look for all of the things that never fulfill us. I gotta tell you this morning, your view has to change. Most of the time, we only see from earthbound change. We're limited to see what is only right in front of us. We gotta learn how to look up. We gotta identify our helper. Listen to what Psalms 121 says. I look to the mountains. 
Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Listen, this is a great verse when you're facing anxiety. It's a great verse to meditate on when you're facing anxiety, when you're stressed about your kids, your marriage is uh, on the rocks and your kids are acting crazy or your career is going down here. Maybe your finances are tight. This is one great verse to meditate on. We need to repeat this, remind ourselves each and every day that God is watching over us. He is our protector. Come on, y'all. Sometimes we got to figure out where our help comes from. Who is our help? Sometimes we look at every, I said this a minute ago, we look at every other option besides Him. Number four, footprints in the sand. He was fascinated by his footprint. I remember him doing that right there and he'd look at it and he didn't really know where it came from or whatever. It was just so cool watching him. Can't you tell that he's kind of special to us a little bit? He's probably the cutest kid ever. Y'all got, y'all, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. He is the cutest kid ever. But I learned this lesson from him walking in the sand that the soft sand, your steps can be difficult and they can be hard to navigate. You ever try to take trash to the trash can that's 100 yards away and the sun has been beating on that sand and you are doing this? You're going, <laughs> right or wrong? Y'all, know, y'all been to the beach before? That sand was hot. It was burning my feet off. But what it does in the soft sand, it always leaves a footprint. We must be careful what kind of footprint that we're leaving because others are following and they're going where you are going. Your life, your life footprints can leave a lasting impression on your kids, on your family, on everything that you do. It leaves an impression. Parents, you shape the lives of your children. If you don't want them saying certain things, you better not say it. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever have your kids embarrass you out in public or somewhere and you, and you look back and say, ooh, I said, I, I, I said that. So uh, we're on our uh, on Cain and them about saying a certain word that, okay, Delaney said, on front, she said something was stupid. All of a sudden, Kate said, stupid. I don't even know if I did it right. That sounded German. <laughs> How did he do it, Pastor Mindy? She loves to do the impression. Stupid. Stupid. But your kids are watching and listening to everything that you do, everything that you say, everywhere that you go. Teachers, you have more influence on your kids. Went to a graduation yesterday talking about the influence you had on those kids from the time they were in kindergarten till they came out through 18 years of age. You have an influence on them, and it matters what you do and how you teach them. Church, people are following you. You say you go to church, you say you follow Jesus, then they're walking in your footprints. You better be careful where you walk. Some of, of us have been walking in someone else's footprints too long. God calls you to step out and be you. Oh, that was for somebody in here today. You've been walking in the shadow. You've been walking in the footprint. You've been walking in someone else's shoes for too long. God has called you to be you, and you're the only you out there. Step out. Soft sand always leaves a footprint. It tells you where you're going. But let's take a little walk in Daytona towards the water. Because up here is the really soft sand. 
But as the tide comes in, it makes the sand a little bit harder. They used to have the Daytona 500 on the beach down there. I thought that was pretty cool. But as you walk a little bit, the sand gets a little firmer. It's not as messy. Well, Bubba did not like getting sand on his hand. It's like, child, you are at the beach. Get over it. But the sand gets a little firmer, and your print is not as deep. What you leave behind is not as visible. But I do believe that God is moving us closer to the water in our Christian life. He's, taking, he's asking us to take a step out of the soft sand into the more firm sand. And he's leading us towards the water. Why? You still got to be careful walking on that sand because there's some sharp shells on that thing. I had to dig one out of my foot last time we went. It got embedded in there. But there's some sharp places. There's some rough places on there. You have to be careful. But the farther and the deeper that you go towards the water, the more you learn how to depend upon him. I know it's scary. But you, and we try to depend on ourselves. I, I, I love the ocean about waist deep. There's something out there past waist deep. Come on. Who said they're fine? Well, my, my surfing experience was, I was not fine. I got on over my head. I fell off the surfboard. Little surfer, California girl here, she's up there surfing and doing all this stuff. I'm falling off my board. I can't even breathe. I almost drowned. I'm being very dramatic. But all I could think about falling off that thing, I couldn't touch the bottom, was a shark that was about to eat my leg. So I get out there. Sorry, Jonathan, I get out there about waist deep and sometimes I get about neck deep. That's about as far as I'm gonna go. But God is calling us to go a little deeper with him. He said, you can't be afraid and always be standing on the shore looking and wishing I could go a little bit deeper. Sometimes you have to just plunge in and go to the place where he asks you to go. Listen, it's be, we don't have all the answers in this life. Y'all, anybody got the, all the answers of life? I, if you don't wanna talk to you after church. We don't have all the answers, but he does. And it doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are or the, how the current is going. We have God on our side. Listen, look at what Hebrews says. Hebrews says, this hope, in 619, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the certain times of God's inner sanctuary. God, Jesus, is the anchor to our soul. So many times storms are falling all around us and, and God's calling us to go, go all in and the current's strong and life is hard, but he's saying, I am that firm foundation that you can build on. I am the anchor that you can put out anytime the storm is getting. You are the one I can depend upon. Storms and winds, you gotta understand Jesus is in the boat. Number five, and this is my favorite, you can always call on Poppy. Poppy! We were up there one day and she taught him how to say, she, I was in the other room and she said, here's what you gotta do. You gotta call on Poppy. So she was going, Poppy! And so he starts doing this now. Poppy! But every parent knows the sound of your kids calling out to them. Come on, young parents in here, here. Mom, I need some toilet paper! Arlo came over one day and she said, I need you to wipe my butt. And I was like, I don't really want to wipe your butt. I wiped it anyway. 
you know, I can't find my backpack and where are my shoes? My wife does this one. Have you seen my phone? Where's my phone? I told her for her phone and glasses, I'm going to get her lanyard and one of those gold necklaces that you go, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. But your kids say this. They say, I need some money. Kids are always calling for us to help and we usually answer them. But here's the thing. They may not like the answer that you give them. It's the same way with God. God is tuned in to the sounds of our voice. And when we call, he will respond to us. But if that's true, why don't we call on God enough? Why is God always our last resort? Why do we expect something to happen when we call? Or do we think he's not listening to us? So many times that's the problem. He's not listening to us. But whenever your circumstances your situation, something always happens when we call out to God. And listen, sometimes our answer to our kids is yes. Sometimes the answer to our kids is no. How we answer varies on how good, how, what we feel like is best for them. Listen to what Psalm says. I don't have these. It says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. I took my troubles to the Lord and I cried out to him and he answered my prayers. In Isaiah, it says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help to him and he will say, here I am. Lamentation says, but I called on your name, Lord, from the deep within the pit. Anybody been in the pit? Sometimes that's the place where you gotta call God the most. You heard me when I cried. Yes, you came when I called. You told me, do not fear. But how do we react when Poppy says no? Cade loves me when I'm saying yes. When I say no, he does. Sometimes he'll start crying. He'll let lip will go under. Kind of make me feel bad, but don't be a brat. You don't need to be hitting. Poppy says no. But what do we, I don't call him a brat. I'm sorry. Never, wouldn't never call a child a brat. Even though he acted a little bratty on vacation, but I wouldn't call him one. But sometimes what we do when Poppy says no, we sulk, we cry, we cross our arms and say, I'm mad. Or we just walk away. Many people walk away from God because they don't feel him. Can I just be honest with you? If our feelings are liars. If you live on your feelings, you're always gonna be in a bad spot. I don't feel like going to work today. Well, then you're not gonna pay the bills, sorry. Our feelings can be liars and we can't live on them. Closeness to God is a direct result of calling out to him. Calling out to him in prayer. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes it's just talking to God. We feel like it has to have a form. We feel like it has to have a certain ingredient or whatever. Sometimes you just need to go and say, God, I'm having a rough day today. That wife you gave me, she's on my last nerve. No, never, never. I have four nerves left. <laughs> Brett, Brett, don't be, I won't tell. Ashley, you just raised your hand back there, so she's giving you the evil look. But sometimes we feel like we're not close to God and God's just sitting there waiting for us to bring our deepest hurts to him. He's waiting for you to bring your deepest thoughts and your feelings. He's not afraid. 
to hear how you feel. He's not afraid to listen to you when you want to complain a little bit. It's okay. David complained all the time. God, why aren't you listening to me no more? I just want to free you up today that God is a conversation away. And he just wants to be there for you. If God feels distance, you need to call on him. He will draw close to you. Psalms 148 says this. The Lord is close to all who call on him. When you need answers and when you need wisdom, you need to call on our poppy God. Jeremiah 3, says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great unsearchable things that you do not know. If you need guidance in your life, call on Poppy. If you need direction in your life, call on Poppy. If you need a way to go and you don't know which way to go, I'm telling you, you can call on Poppy. He can lead and guide and direct you everywhere that you need to go. Let's all stand if we would, please. Calling on the Lord is a very big part of developing a relationship with Him. This morning, I hope you've learned some lessons from Bubba. Sounds like a good movie. But maybe what you've been doing is you've been trying to build on your own foundation. And everything just seems to be crumbling around you or it just seems like every time some little storm comes, you're shook to the core. Maybe this morning you've been living in someone else's shadow or you've been chasing the wrong shadow. This morning God wants to free you from that. Maybe you've been living through life and you haven't learned how to look up. Listen, so many things around us are eye level or below our eye level are gonna keep us in that particular level. When you need something from God, learn how to look up. There's hope for you this morning because Poppy's listening. If you've never given your life over to Jesus, today is a new day. You don't gotta live in yesterday. Today is a new day. You can simply say this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've tried to build on my own foundation and man, it sure did crumble around me. I need you to be my firm foundation in my rock. Jesus, I don't want to live in the shadow of my shame. I don't want to live in the shadow of my guilt. I don't want to live in the shadow of my past anymore. I want to be free this morning. Would you please forgive me and help me to trust you as my Savior? If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, pray that prayer in your own words. The altars are going to be open. We have the prayer team on the left and the right up here. But maybe today also, you've been going through a storm. You've been going through a trial. You've been going through something in your life that you just feel like, man, I just can't get past this. Look up, for your help comes from the Lord. This morning, as they get ready to sing this song, it's not just a song to be sung at the end of service and we go home. This is a song for freedom. This is a song to, to, as I said earlier, to wash all that stuff off of you. This is a song to get, to let Poppy know how you feel about him. 
because he's here. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.